Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. It's Rich Birch from the Unseminary Podcast. Happy Thursday. I hope your week is going well. You're getting ready uh, for this coming weekend. You know, here at the Unseminary Podcast, we try to provide you uh, a series of resources, training, tools, that kind of thing, uh, that they just simply aren't teaching or training in traditional kind of ministry training environments. And today is one of those days. We have got Christy Rudder on the phone. It's an incredible interview. Um, And she is really, I really do think that the ministry she's doing there will become a model for churches across the country. Um, and so li- it's a real treat that she's on today. Listen into what she has to ha- say and then join us at the end of the episode because I've got a resource I want to share with you. Let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right. Well, welcome to the show today. So glad that you've decided to tune in and spend some time with us. We've got Christy Rudder on the phone. Uh, she's a real expert, a veritable guru. Uh, thanks so much for being on the, sh- on the show today, Christy. Oh, I'm super excited, Rich. I love you. I love your stuff. I followed you for years. Like, pinch myself that I'm actually, you know, being highlighted on your show. Oh gosh, I don't know about that. Come on, this is, uh, you know, this is a great thing. You know, I- I've been excited to have you on the when since you said yes until today. I've been like, oh, this is going to be great. Going to be a great episode today, just packed full uh, of great information and help for church leaders on a topic that I think just has huge potential for, you know, the, for the future of a lot of churches out there. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the chapel in the Chicagoland area. Uh, tell us about your role there. Well, we're a multi-site church. We have eight campuses. Um, and the chapel went from one to four campuses overnight. And two of those were via mergers. And we reacted to churches who approached us saying, hey, you know, we're, one was struggling and one was losing their senior pastor and do you have any way you could help us? We knew nothing about multi-site at the time. Uh, and so we really sort of pulled the Band-Aid off, went from one to four, learned everything about <laughs> multi-site and mergers all at once. And then we had to take a big break because obviously you have to let things settle down and get your structures in place. Uh, and then when I came along, the idea was, you know, while we really loved helping uh, these two churches that we merged with, and they came to us, but do you think it's possible there are churches out there that know that we could help them Mm. and could we proactively start those conversations and see if there are any what we like to call kingdom win-wins out there Hmm. and so my role is really to initiate those conversations Uh, you know one percent of churches close every year in the US so in the Chicagoland area that means there are 35 churches in danger of closing every year on my watch Wow and so I tried to catch them before that happened and say, do you know there are other options besides wow. selling to a gas station or closing your doors? And right. that motivates me every day to try to find them before they shut down. Wow, that's amazing. You know, that's a, that's a great stat to start with, that 1% of churches, you think in Chicagoland, 35 yeah. churches, you know, this year are on the brink um, of and closing. And whoever's out there, think about how many churches are in the, the footprint of what, who God has called you to reach. Do a little research. It's easy to find out how many churches are in the area God has called you and know that 1% are in danger of closing down. And you can find out that's 5, 10, 100. Uh, And uh, that's why I am passionate that we partner and that we help one another and we work together 
uh, to reach more people. So, so what does that look like? So, how do you actually partner with um, you know an existing church? So maybe you know you can talk about you know ones that you've actually you know have opened today, kind of transformed, rebirthed into yeah. um, an existing campus, and then even future ones. How do you do that? Well, the ones that have agreed to merge with us, one was a, a church of 35, uh, no senior pastor, were approached by a gas station ready to sell, and they said, can you help us? And, you know, it started out with just dinner with everybody all at once. They were right. small enough. Um, but we walk everyone through a process of sharing our, our DNA, finding out what's non-negotiable to them, what's non-negotiable to us. And really, we just ask the question, could we be better together? what would a partnership look like and in some cases um, it's not a good fit and in some cases we say yes we think God is it really has to start with God leading both right. groups toward that and the biggest thing is both groups have to be putting kingdom of God first over their own individual needs and wants mm -hmm. you know like oh well what happens to our administrator mm -hmm. Well, let's think bigger. What's better for the kingdom than individual people or individual churches? And both churches have to kind of lay that down as you move forward. And when you find a group that wants to investigate and wants to put the kingdom first, you can find the best solution. And sometimes it's emerged and sometimes it's not. Right. But that four times at the chapel and all the churches, uh, everybody would say it was very healthy. It came out better. More people are reached. You know, the average church in America is 75. The average multi-site church attendance is 361. Right. So Emerge has the potential, just right off the bat, to reach 300 more people. Right. And th those are just exciting. Numbers don't tell the whole story, but that just always gets me excited to see what can happen. Now, how, how when you talk about being proactive, like, I, so we went through, as a church here at Liquid in this last year, well, yep. I guess it's been more like 15 months, we went through that process, and... Um, and it was the total God story, like, you know, it was same similar kind of story. We had, for people who don't know, who, you know, haven't heard me talk about that, you know, we had, there were 29 people left in the church, and, um, you know, they, it was, I still remember, it was 33 days from the day that we had the first phone call uh, till the day that they, they voted. Actually, you'll get a kick out of this, at that, that congregational meeting where they voted, all 29 voted, yes, we're going to do that. Uh, we're standing out on the porch, or kind of on the front patio of the of the church afterwards, and the the chairman of the board of the elders reaches into his pocket and takes out his key ring and is like t hands the key right over mm. and was like there there it is, and and from there till today, you know, it's been amazing. You know, multiple times of that, you know, where it's averaging like 800 people a weekend. It's amazing. Awesome. It's, it's a total God story. Um, and so I think for us, a part of why I am you know excited to have you on the, the phone today is, um, you know, for us. The, the having groups come to us feels like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Then what are you doing on the proactive side yep. without sounding like, hey, you know your church is about to die? <laughs> you know, you feel like an ambulance chaser or something like that. Right. How, how do you, how, right. how, what does that look like? How are you doing that? Well, first of all, I always say it's a church that self-defines themselves as not reaching their full potential. I've met small churches that are completely on mission, and I've met large churches who feel like they're stuck. Or they're right, declining. right. So that's a definition, not my definition, that right. you're declining stuck or whatever. Right. But if you say, hey, this is an area we feel God leading us to anyways, um, you can get a list of churches, and I start praying over them, honestly, and saying, God, who do you think we could, you know, really be a blessing to? And then I visit them 
and I build relationships and I say what's going on in your church what's your mission what's your vision how could we help mm -hmm. we're thinking of coming to this area you know it kills me to think of giving the local school three to five thousand dollars a month when that could be a staff person for you that could be uh, the new furnace that could help keep you guys going if we could rent from you or we could share space could we have an 11 o'clock service and you can have a nine or mm -hmm. you know and you know for a lot of churches that is huge to think wow you know instead of being going putting your um, service down the street and being our final death blow <laughs> you right. actually might be the ones to help you know revive us at the same time um, planning our new work so right. So I really encourage churches to always just talk to all the pastors in the area uh, and say, we're thinking of coming here. Is there anyone who would like to talk about partnership? And that could right. be a wide range of options. And, and it's whatever right. that church says, wow, that would bless us. So, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, we have, as a chapel, um, we have helped way more churches than that have actually merged with us. We got into mm -hmm. 10 serious conversations in two years. Two merged with us. Four, we helped merge with someone else because oh, we weren't the best fit. Right. Um, two ended up having to close, and two mutually we said, you know what, you're better the kingdom on your own. Right. You just need a little resourcing, a little strategy, but you're on the upswing. You have a unique mission. We don't want to, you know, upset that. So when you go in with that heart that we're going to do whatever is best for the kingdom and that's our first loyalty, then the right, you know, outcome comes out of it. If you're thinking, oh, I want to try to find a free building or, <laughs> you know, then it's not going to go well if right. that's what's in your mind and your heart. But, you know, every church I talk to, I see the church that I grew up in mm. that went through 10 pastors in 15 years. Right. That, um you know, is not changed much. And I love every church I talk to, and I believe every church I talk to has something to bring to us. And every church we've merged with has taught us something that we've, you know, been able to take back to all of our campuses. So, yeah, part of what I, you know, I've appreciated about kind of watching you from a distance is, um, which I think you're maybe, uh, you know, I want to make sure people hear is I think both your heart as an individual and your church's heart to just help other churches that um, that that is you know it's it's not although you know there have been like you say you know the, the building thing has happened um, you know that's not your primary orientation you know mm -hmm. and I think you hold that in in intention well that it's like yeah we are actually talking with other churches and the hope is that at some point maybe some of these conversations will end up helping us launch new campuses but it's not all about that what are some of those ways that you've supported other churches either through this effort or just even the church as, as a whole you know how has the chapel done that for churches in, in Chicagoland well, and you're right. The chapel has really instilled this DNA in me um, to not be territorial, to be about the kingdom first. So I give them all the credit uh, for that. Um, but, you know, the chapel started an organization called Christ Together. Um, I was just at actually at a conference uh, all day yesterday where it's totally free, pull the, all the churches together in the area. Um, we have meetings set up where you, pastors can support one another and that the idea is that it takes the whole church to present the whole gospel to the whole world. Okay, very cool. And that's sort of their tagline. So that is really their heart. And right. through, you know, all mergers come out of relationship. 
So the more relationships and the more pastors you know, then the more chance that if it would make sense, you'll be there. And all of our campus pastors, part of their job is to know 10 other pastors in their zip code and ask, how can we bless you? So mm -hmm. it really is part of an overall heart to help. I mean, if it's in our power to help another church, basically we will if we right. can. Right. You know, you have a million dollar debt, we probably can't help you, but <laughs> can we sit down and look at your budget and your finances and help you figure out how you can continue to pay for that million dollar mortgage or eliminate some debt or, you know, have a campaign to reduce it or can we give you guest speakers when you're, you know, you've lost your pastor? Can, can we provide, you know, that for free so you don't have to pay for it? So those are all sorts of things. Uh, we've mentored pastors. We've sent um, small group curriculum for free. We've, um, you know, filled in for as guest speakers with when they're without a pastor. Um, whatever is in our power to help, we we try. So. Yeah. That's very cool. A couple things I just want to point out there, just make sure you don't get lost. I love what you said there about your campus pastors needing to have relationship with ten other, you know, kind of churches and pastors in their in their area. I think that's huge. I think your orientation towards, hey, let's let's just help in whatever way we can do that. Um, you know, that's reasonable. That doesn't, you know, obviously sideline your mission. I th I think is critical. That's that's uh, you know that's really cool. Well, well you know, well, go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. I was say I just think it's cool, and the chapel counts that a win. Uh, in my role that we've helped more merges happen with other churches. I mean, we celebrate that. I can show you the emails they sent out to the top leadership saying, woohoo, this church got to merge and it was with someone else. You know, right. so I really feel like I'm a matchmaker um, to try to find the best fit. And right. if that's us, great. If it's not, great as well so yeah that's very cool well the kingdom wins right at the end of the day yeah. I think and I think God will honor that right I think that's a part of what you know I think that's a part of the story that God's writing there for you know for you guys now you know there's this idea of mergers I think there was kind of like the old school idea of mergers where you know it was like two churches that maybe weren't working out very well mm -hmm. um, and they got together kind of talk about that what are some yeah. of the dynamics that are at play between that style of merger and then what you're talking about well I highly recommend, you know, Jim Tomerlin and Warren Bird's book on called Better Together for All Things Merger. And so a lot of the stats and a lot of the information I quote, that comes from their book that I'm borrowing. <laughs> right, exactly. But I love the illustration that the old math of mergers was one plus one equals one. You would have two dying churches of 50 people each get together and the one would shut down, they'd move to one location and they would expect, you would expect they would be 100, right? Well, over time, they'll shrink back to whatever the highest number between the two was individually. So they'll shrink back to 50. And so the net gain is actually minus 50 on that church merger. Right. Now, the new math that we say is 1 plus 1 equals 4. <laughs> so you have a church of 75 that merges, let's say, with a church of 1,000, and both churches will grow. The right. 75 will go to 300, and the 1,000-person church will go to 100. And so, and they stay in their same locations. Mm -hmm. They are able to become a site of the bigger church, and people just love that. They see the building that they sacrificed for, that they maybe gave lots of money for 60 years ago, that they were baptized in, that mm -hmm. they came to Christ in, that their kids were, you know, went to school, Sunday school. They see new families, new life, conversions, baptisms they may not have seen for a long time. And, and the first time you see someone with tears running down their eyes, 
in the opening launch of becoming part of your church, and they say, this is the church I always knew we could be. Mm. I mean, you are hooked to see that happen over and over for churches who feel like that would be right for them. And, um, you know, it's messy. It's super messy. It's a long <laughs> process. I mean, the fact that you had that happen in 33 days, for anyone listening, I, that's it, not normal. No, exactly. No, it's not normal at it's all. Or like a seven-month process or longer, but right. as you, you know, that church of 29, whether they stayed there or not for you guys, that has to be rewarding to see, oh, yeah. you know, 800 people. Did any of the original members stick? Yeah, actually, a large percentage of that group, you know, stayed and are, you know, probably two-thirds of them have stayed with us, which is amazing, and are, you know, serving like a dirty shirt, you know, in mm -hmm. there like a dirty shirt, which is great. And I still, one of my... It's like one of those memories I'll cherish, you know, for the rest of my life. Opening Sunday, you know, we yeah. were we got our doors blown off. It was like 1,300 people showed up on opening Sunday. It was crazy. And uh, Joe, who was, he's like the key elder on the board, you know, that he really was the guy who led the process. And, uh, you know, and he's now, he's a part of our hospitality team. So he's like mm -hmm. running around getting coffee and all this stuff. And, you know, he pulls me aside and he's he's welling up. You know, he's 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 getting quite teary. And he said, you know this is way more emotional than I thought it was going to be. You know, this is amazing to see, like amazing thing that God's done here. And so, and it was cool, you know, to kind of share that moment with him. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun to be a part of, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I love it. So we're Yeah, and we it. put it in the category of it's definitely God at work, like, like we were saying on the 33-day thing. You know, there's because we've launched a number of campuses and it it outpaces anything we've done. Like, there's no model where we can say like, yeah, let's just do that again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. Let's let's have God move in a miraculous way, and you know, it just doesn't. You know, and we've experienced a similar kind of thing where we we basically had 160, 170 volunteers that went to the new campus, um, and you know, it launched out, and overall, our attendance over all our campuses this fall is up a thousand people. So it's not mm -hmm. like we just moved a bunch of people into that location. Um, you know, it ended up actually, you know, increasing our overall, which yeah. is fantastic. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's great. Um, when you think about, um, you know, our, when you think about the kind of the, the proactive side, just to get back to that a, a little bit, um, what is that? What part of that has been, um, you know, maybe where there's been some negative? Have you, have you had any kind of negative interactions with other churches where they're like, "Why are you talking to me?" Um, or maybe it's been all positive. Uh, you know, well, you know, in general, pastors tend to be kind, at least right. to right. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've had a little bit of uh, hesitation of, okay, what's going on, or like where where's the strings attached and right. so it's really great when you can share the ways you've helped churches that it didn't help you at all right. in fact it costs you time it costs you money it costs you energy um, so I have all those stories to tell and pastors <laughs> that they can talk to that helps but I find a lot of times um, you know some resistance actually is a great way to build a relationship mm. um, one pastor who was quite negative at first I just said, hey, you know, we have several hundred people in this area. They've raised the money. They're pushing us. They want a campus here. And, you know, what would you do as, right. <laughs> as the church if you had that going on? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'd be looking to plant a church if people are bugging me and wanting to lead it. And right. I said, the difference with our approach is, is just saying, if we come to this area, is there a way that partnering with you help you not hurt you 
right. by, by going into the local school or the park district down the street. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, okay, I get that. And we actually were in a long process uh, with them that we ended up saying, you know what, I think if we come into your building you know, and share space, we'll hurt what God is doing there. Mm -hmm. And but I just saw him yesterday and said, "Hey, how's it going?" And don't forget, you know, if it's not, we can help. And you know, big hugs and and this is someone who started out saying, "Right, sort of, what do you think you're doing?" Yeah. And and overall, it's just sad that the church in general can be so territorial. Right. When we're all on the same team. Yeah, definitely. And if we could see that easier, then I think there would never be pushback. It's just a conversation. There's no way I can force anybody to do anything. Right. Um, and you know what I like about it, Rich, which you mentioned before, is I can make strategies and plans in my sleep and leave God out of it, mm. but no church partnership ever happens without a move of God. Right. So, you know, I can knock on lots of doors, I can have lots of conversations, but God still has to show up Mm -hmm. He has to work. He has to move in my heart, in their heart, in our hearts to want to help, maybe to overcome some major obstacles, actually, mm -hmm. for church that this and we're like, oh, we're not sure we can, you know, come through because of this. So it always is a God moment. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, leave a lot more space for God to, to work and let churches know that, hey, before you think of this, this, and this, before you close, before you let, right. let's talk. Let's, let's have the see conversation. how we can help you. Yeah. So let's have the conversation. It's really all, let's have the right. conversation. And when I've had it hundreds of times, you, you figure out how to do it without upsetting people. And to really, I always try to have their best interests at heart at right. all times. So. Very cool. Well, two just two last questions uh, before we jump in the lightning round. Um, okay. Just a practical kind of tactical thing. Yeah. You know, uh, you'd mentioned early on, like, ah, and you can get the list of churches. You know, how do you find that data? Um, and then, is there anything else you know you'd like to share? So those are the kind of the okay. two you know two last things. Well, it's really complicated. You go on this thing called Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I you think I've heard of the Googles. Yeah. <laughs> And you type in, let's say, you know, what's the name of a suburb around you you might want to plan a campus in, right? Uh, so let's say Scotch Plains. Scotch Plains? Yep. Yeah. So you type into Google, churches in Scotch Plains. And <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I'm not a techie, but I live on the internet, honestly. <laughs> but, um, but there will be several sites that come up, and they will have the list of the, all the churches in the area. I print it out. I start praying. And then I start looking them up and seeing who needs help or who God's leading me to. Or, and, um, and then I just start uh, visiting and making, talking to them and saying, let's get coffee. So right. and then it's not rocket of, science, honestly. A lot of conversations, a lot of just real relationship stuff, right? At that yeah. point, it's a lot of just hanging out and getting to know people. Cool. And then what was your other question? Oh, what yeah, else just was Anything else before we jump into lightning round? Well, I don't know who's listening, but I would just say if you're a church who would self-define themselves as struggling, stuck, I would just say don't be afraid to look around, see what churches you think are doing well or that you admire in your community, especially if they're multi-site, and call them up. Email them. Say, hey, can we have a conversation? Uh, you would be surprised at how many are willing to help. And if you don't know how to do that or how to find that church, call me, contact me. 
I will find them for you and I will help you get in that conversation. And if you're a church looking to plant, grow, expand, help other churches, and um, consider partnering as a strategy first um, and seeing how you can bless another church and create win-wins in your communities. So if you don't want to do that, call me, email me as well. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, welcome to the lightning round, that part of the show where we crank through a series of questions with a church leader just to kind of get a sense of what's going on uh, in their world. So, Christy, what's an online resource uh, that you're using these days that's particularly helpful? Well, like I told you, I'm not actually a very big techie. You had to teach me <laughs> how to use Google Hangouts to do this, but but I do. I live on the internet, and one of my philosophies is I bet someone has already figured this out. Mm, so that's true. one of my, and I think we try to recreate the wheel a lot. So I'm always on the internet with almost any church issue or problem, or hey, Christy, can you help us figure out something like this? I'm always typing in, you know, Christmas evangelism strategy, or and it's amazing what what has been done before that you can find and adapt and learn from. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot, read a lot of articles every week to always get best practices. And I'm very grateful for the internet and the access to all the information for that. Cool. Um, what's a book you've read in the last six months that's had an impact or, you know, six months to a year that's had an impact on your ministry? Well, right now, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown uh, is really impacting how I, my leadership on, and my parenting. Mm. And um, especially the concept of giving feedback from the same side of the table, like mentally, that not right. as an adversary across the table, but being and giving feedback is just as vulnerable as receiving it. So, um, just trying to kind of walk, and show up, be seen, be heard, risk there greatly. I I love what I was reading and how I can apply it. So. Cool. Um, what are what's another ministry that inspires you? Well, uh, who, Carrie Newhoff, who you've had, yes. love to meet him someday if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, but I really am enjoying what his church is doing and reading a lot about what he is doing. I mean, I learned from Andy Stanley, North Point Life Church. All the multi-site churches who are ahead of us inspire me and kind of keep up with that world. But a ministry that people might not have heard of um, is Spark Good with Jason Jag. Go to sparkgood.com. His whole idea of applied uh, learning environments, um, and read about it. We had him in to teach us about that, and we're applying it to our small group ministry. Fabulous. So. Cool. Yeah, that's sparkgood.com, right, yep. is the website? Yeah, perfect. Yep. Um, great. If you had 15 minutes with any leader alive today uh, who, that you could get some time with, who would you want to get some time with and why? Uh, well, I would have a huge list. You would be on the top of my list. Oh, for gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> No, um, but I would love to meet, now that I've read her book, I'd love to meet Brene Brown and just talk about that, uh, those right. ideas more as she's a woman, a leader, um, and a mom, and, mm -hmm. you know, juggling all three of those things for the last nine years uh, mm -hmm. is probably the biggest challenge in my life, so uh, women, any woman leader who is is doing that, uh, Christine Kane, um, mm -hmm. again, I'm like, how do you have fight? human trafficking and two kids and be married and right. all over the world. Right, 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 right. You know, so um, women who have gone before me are doing that well. Uh, would love to learn from them and 
share that to people behind me in that journey. So very cool, very cool. All right, so when you're kicking back, you're just gonna have some, you know, fun time. You know, you're not talking to hundreds of churches about how you can help them. <laughs> um, how do you have fun? What do you do for fun? Um, well, my family. Mm -hmm. I have two girls, seven and nine, so hanging out with them uh, is always fun, and we we have a Saturday pancake breakfast every Saturday morning and family time, and uh, my new toy is a rebounder, a, tramp, a little mini tramp, Okay. and I my new thing is I can't watch TV unless I'm jumping on it, um, so I'm getting a lot of exercise right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But that's my new like kind of fun exercise thing. Yeah, that's very but cool. But definitely just hanging out with family or going and um, having coffee with friends one-on-one. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a one-on-one -on -one person. Mm -hmm. Love to have in-depth conversations all day long. So uh, that would be cool. my fun thing. Well, Christy, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you, kind of learn more about the chapel, about your ministry, and how can they reach you? Um, I would say probably my Gmail account, so I know you're not a church reaching out to the chapel. Um, but Christy Rutter, K-R-I-S-T-Y. R-U-T-T-E-R at gmail.com mm -hmm. or call me 847-809-8106 and cool. let's have a conversation. Cool. And the, the church's website, it's just uh, chapel.org, right? Yep, chapel.org. So, okay. And you can contact me there at crutter at chapel.org if you want, but uh, I will probably think you're a church in the area wanting to to have a conversation with us about merging. So <laughs> Yeah, right. Let's talk. Let's have a coffee then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? New York? Yeah. Wait, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Nice. Oh, uh, that's great. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I am so thankful that Christy was on the phone. You know, 16 months ago, uh, when we got the call from that other church, the first person I picked up the phone and called was Christy because she is a practitioner. She's in the field. Uh, if you, like she said at the end, she gave you her contact information. If you're on either side of that equation or just wondering about it, you should give her a call. Super helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Check out the show notes. There's some great resources for you in there, including an article about mergers and uh, you know have a great weekend and we'll see you next Thursday on the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary Podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>